Welcome to the Green Edge podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our weekly roundup for the week ending 4th of November 2022. Here on the Green Edge, we like to get into the detail of net zero matters. But this week, we address what quite a few people see as the elephant in the room. While Britain is positioning itself as the net zero conscience of the world, is the UK actually going to achieve net zero in its own right? And Michael, if we drop it now, surely net zero won't be that easy to unpick. No, it won't. And if you are like us, there are plenty of sites that track these things. There's one called netzerotracker.net, and that lists all countries, all cities, and all corporations that have a net zero target. And from from looking yesterday at it, there are 139 countries with targets. There are 241 cities and just under 800 corporations. So there's a massive momentum moving us forward on this. And in terms of moving quickly, I think there is an issue about speed of movement around personal behavior and us changing what we do. And also around the UK's target, because we have an interim target of 2030 to try and reduce emissions by 78% from the benchmark year. And therefore, that calls for a lot of activity between today and 2030 to where you make progress on this. And this was the point that uh, Nick Stern made in his review back in 2006. It is cost-effective to move early and be an early mover on this, not only to hit climate change targets, but also to actually benefit from the significant commercial gains to be made by first movers in this process. Now, in the post, we quote an opinion piece from the academic world about an almost blind belief it claims that net zero is going to be achieved simply through technology and that this, and I quote here, perpetuates a belief in technological salvation and diminishes the sense of urgency surrounding the need to curb emissions now. It's an interesting perspective. And I think the House of Lords produced an excellent piece of work and quoted a chart and piece of work from the Climate Change Committee on the challenges at the individual level about our own per capita tons of carbon emissions and the rate we have to do that. We're currently running at eight and a half tons per head. We need it two and a half tons by 2030. And that will then take us on a path to getting 0.7 tons by 2050. That means we have to do something different. And I think this currently energy crisis in terms of prices and costs highlights the need that our housing is not fit for purpose in terms of meeting net zero. And that is something that we can do something about. And we are the owners of properties, vast numbers of properties across the UK, about 30 million of them. And all new bills should be built to a higher standard. Of course, there have also been shenanigans this week about whether Rishi should or shouldn't attend COP27. And at the time of recording this podcast, he's going, along with Sleepy Joe Biden and the rest of the hopefully fully offset COP roadshow. But Michael, is this really worth calling, as some of the press is calling it, Rishi's first U-turn? No, I would be more positive. I would say it is great that he's going, because I think he needs to reinforce the importance in our society that net zero is something we take seriously and is an opportunity for the UK economy and across the whole of the world to actually develop technologies and changes in how we act and behave to each other very quickly. So if you want to make score short-term political points, 
great. I'd rather view this in the context of climate change, which is a long haul and a very serious issue. And a reminder that you can find this week's post on elephants, gorillas and chimps, and we'll leave you to figure out the meaning of that one, at greenedge.substack.com. We'd also love to hear from you on your opinion of whether Net Zero is the green elephant in the room, which you can do by emailing us or leaving a comment against our post. IEMA, or the Institute of Environmental Management and Assessment, we're a global membership body for those working, studying, or even those interested in the environment and sustainability. We're a not-for-profit organisation. We have over 19,000 members in, in the UK and, and internationally, and over around 100 different countries, um, and internationally is an area that we're growing in as well. Our membership levels span from student members right up to, to fellow membership level. This is Rebecca Turner of IEMA talking to us earlier this week about the Institute's work, which is wide-ranging and and includes training courses, accrediting university degrees against IEMA's own professional standards, workforce development with corporate partners, and engagement with government and other policymakers, all geared towards supporting positive change in the management of the environment. We asked Rebecca to tell us in particular about a major new online resource from IEMA called the Green Careers Hub. We very recently launched our, our Green Careers Hub. It's been in the planning for a while. I think it's probably widely acknowledged that there's a big green skills gap at the moment and one that is going to continue to grow as more and more importance is, is placed on, on this area. We also obviously have a, access to, to our members and partner organisations and we are really seeing feedback around a need for understanding progression in sustainability careers, you know, definitions as well. What does a green skill mean? What what does it mean to, to be in a green job? And as you know, in the UK, we have our, our net zero target and therefore there is a real drive to promote careers and, and train individuals to plug the skills gap in the future workforce. So that's essentially where, where we decided to build our, our green careers hub. We want to support upskilling for those in the workplace. We want to inspire younger generations and encourage individuals from every background and every sector, every location to help make all jobs greener. And that, that's really what our vision is. We really want to give individuals access to relevant and also up to date. We're all aware that uh, sustainability is a constantly evolving space. We want to enable individuals to make relevant choices um, see how their roles play a part in the green agenda. We also want to support the, the government work that, that's happening and the, the drive in that area and support skills transitions from, from different areas. Um, we know there's a lot of career changes within sustainability that want to get into this space and, and we want to support those as well. Here at The Green Edge, we're proud to have been involved in developing some of the early content for The Green Careers Hub. Rebecca told us how the hub will develop. We have launched what we're calling the phase one of the Green Careers Hub. We were really keen to, to get that live, to really show the intent and vision for, for what we want to achieve ultimately. The content on there at the moment is focused around some key definitions and terminology. We have a, we have a jargon buster on there talking about the importance of, of green skills and jobs we have a link to our IEMA jobs board on there so individuals can search for their potentially future roles. We are focused on the UK at the moment and you'll notice that from the work that we did with the Green Edge. So there's a page on the on the current site which has a map of the UK and some kind of interesting upcoming projects and, and skills areas within different regions of the UK. So focusing on that area for the moment, we have our kind of vision for, for phase two which will be coming in 2023 
We plan to develop a whole load more of content for the site, um, really make it more interactive, provide tailored careers advice for, for different audiences, talk about the broad range of, of jobs that are out there. So whether that's those working in, in green finance to heat pump installers, ecologists, electric vehicle designers, you name it, anything that can have that green um, link to it and how and how we want to kind of promote that. We want to involve tangible case studies of individuals that are doing this, showcase the different routes and learning within the space of which there is a, a wide variety and, and growing, I think, as well. So that's what we're currently busy working towards phase two and getting as much content on there as we possibly can. IEMA sees the hub as being very much built on collaboration. So Rebecca finished by telling us about that. We want to work with different organisations to bring in different experts expertise and and all achieve the the goal that I think we're all working towards in this space. We really would love to to talk to anybody out there that would like to support the hub or or get in touch. So if you navigate to www.greencareershub.com, you'll see the the pages up there. There's a uh, form to get in touch if you'd like to support or partner with us. And there's also um, a mailing list that you can sign up to and we'll be sending regular monthly updates on the developments, uh, launch of phase two and potentially ways, ways to get involved. So we'd love to hear from you. Now, Michael, we're into a new month. What have we got coming up on the Green Edge in November? Well, there's one thing we will be focusing on, certainly in the first full week of November, and that will be the Green Careers Week. And we'll be doing a post relating to that. And I'd like to pick up on two reports that we will be highlighting in our next summary of reports. And one is by Rand Europe, looking at green job access and in particular relation to disadvantaged groups. I think that's a really important topic about all these jobs being generated and the evidence they produce, and it's a pan-European study, um, suggests that it is going against the best interests of many disadvantaged groups. And the second report is a very interesting piece of work by Nat West on the value and importance of small and medium-sized enterprises achieving net zero. They produce some very good large numbers about the critical role of SMEs in hitting net zero. And they also highlight that three of the key actions that they recommend are around education and training. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.